I think singing helps. Okay, what song should we sing? Well, you got to start it off, babe. Okay. Oh, shit. Yo, what up? I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. You're going to give your love to me. I'm going to love you night and day. No, our love will not fade away. (laughs) (laughs) Not fade away. Classic. Classic Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Yeah, we heard Bruce sing that on Howard the other day, and I was like... Bruce Springsteen sang that on Howard Stern. You talk about people like fucking anyone knows who you're talking about. These old boomers. Who's who's a more uh, iconic Bruce? Bruce Lee, I guess. No, there's no more iconic Bruce than Bruce Springsteen. He's the boss. Yeah, so. I I don't know if I've ever fully expressed on this podcast my love for Bruce Springsteen and uh, how influential he's been on my life and and my artistry and everything. Get that mic a little closer to your mouth. Let's let's actually do a podcast. I really enjoyed his conversation with Howard Stern the other day. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, this is so good because he was like just picking up the guitar in between. I was like, maybe we should just record this and and share it with people who don't have Sirius XM. Which who oh, has it's on, it's on YouTube. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay, good. Yes, yeah. so, uh, seek that out. Howard Stern interviewed interviewed Bruce Springsteen for the first time somehow. Two two Nuts. guys who uh, have have been in each other's orbit for fucking thirty five years, forty years. But what was the controversy? Uh, Howard was always talking shit on I Bruce. Mean, I, grew, I grew up listening to Howard in the eighties and nineties, and all he did was just talk shit. He was a miserable fuck. He, like who so he like, was in a bad marriage, and he hated his life, and uh, he would just get on there and be bitter towards people who were experiencing success he thought he should have. Mm. And it made for a very compelling radio, but I could also see why a guest like Bruce would be like, why would I come on here? You make fun of me. You make fun of my wife. Like, so, uh, but that's my wife. Yep. But the mountain came to Muhammad and Bruce did the interview and did stand up for his wife in the interview, which was cool. You know, how did Howard make fun of his wife? Do you know? I don't know what you're going to fucking ask me for a detail out of thousands, tens of thousands of hours of fucking broadcast. The guy does four hours a, a day for f- five days a week for 40 years. And you listened to most of them, so. I did. I, listen, I listened to so much Howard Stern in my life. And I've listened to so much Bruce Springsteen in my life. So uh, it's, it, was, it was a coming together for sure. And it was two hours and 15 minutes when we were on a long road trip. Isn't that the nicest fucking thing? When you like settle in with you, like, oh man, this next two hour chunk of this fucking road trip is just taken care of right now. You were like, I'll take over driving. I'm like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, let me drive while it's easy. Yeah. It's harder to drive when you, you don't have something very compelling to listen to. Yeah. On the way down, we were listening to uh, Jerry Garcia band and I loved it. I loved JGB, but we then put on like um, a podcast and I was like, the time flew like 10 times faster. Podcasts make a road trip go faster. Why is that? It's less repetitive. I don't know. Like lyrics, you're hearing the same lyrics, and then I don't know. It's weird because you're you're engaged in a different way. Uh, Mm -hmm. When it's music, it's it's a little bit more passive listening, especially if you know the artist really well. It's easier to let your mind wander. I think your mind wanders when you're just listening to music. When you're listening to a podcast, you're just like in that with those people, Mm -hmm. and that's cool. But uh, we just got back from Halloween. I'm a very much under the weather, but I'm trying to rally to do this. This is the best I've sounded in like three days. So if I, th- I sound like shit, just know it's the best I've sounded in three days. <laughs> I, think, I think that happens a lot after like a big experience is you kind of, your body like really gives it its all and then it's like, womp, womp. Yeah, yeah. Well, me and Joey just went through a similar thing. Um, you know our boy Joey from Boys Club, Joey Lipstein. He's uh he's shooting this movie Wooks with us. So we went down to Halloween, of course, and uh we left for Halloween on Monday and separately cuz Joey lives in Florida and we're up here. We partied on Saturday night and Joey partied on Saturday night. He partied in Florida, we partied up here. And I we both paid the consequences. I fucking we we were hanging out. Shout out to my boy Forrest. He's the man. He had us up to his beautiful house that was built in the 1730s. And uh, 
we formed a new little band called Dreamboat. <laughs> it sounds me, great. Me, you, Mare, Shane. I'm not in the band yet. And but Forrest. You're there. You're in the band. You're in the bond, man. You're feeding the band. So, that, I mean, that's very important. I'm catering. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're hanging out at Forrest, and I know Forrest smokes spliffs. You know me. You know me. I got a fucking read on the situation. So, days before we went there, I was like, it's going to be a fun day. I'm going to smoke spliffs all day. And poor, I did. Poor Forrest. I've given him such a hard time. You, you have fucked that kid up, man. He, really he is. Talk about walking on eggshells. Oh, my God. We were hanging out with Forrest once, and I was like, uh, I smoked a spliff with him. It was the first spliff I had smoked in months, in five months probably. And you go around being like, I haven't smoked a spliff in months, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was, like, I was excited to smoke one, and I smoked one with him, and uh, then... <laughs> You gave him a talking to, I guess. It was, it, you didn't even tell me. Well, I think sometimes I can be very stern. Like I You have, can be very serious. I like like, like th- it's like, hey, is there any humor in that, what you just said to me? Is there any lightness in what you just said? Yeah, I can be like very, I have like two sides. or I guess all people have multiple yeah, personalities. Yeah. But there is a person that goes like, Forrest, you can't give Sean spliffs, you know? Like, what are you doing? And, and he, was, he took it very seriously. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. So like, you, thinking, I, like, I could tell you what to do, and yeah. then I could tell Forrest what to do. Well, and then, I mean, in a way, you you, you got your I, intended <laughs> results, because, like, I asked I ask him for a, uh, this, this is months ago, uh, <laughs> I asked him for a spliff that day, and he starts sh- fucking acting like a weirdo, and, like, shuffling around the room, and trying to make excuses, this and that. Normally, when I fucking be like, oh, Forrest, let's smoke a spliff, he's like, let's twist one up, let's do it right now. And I had no idea why he was acting weird, but I had a sneaking suspicion you had something to do with it. <laughs> And it turned out you did, but well, then I felt bad because then I saw that like you guys were kind of—he was kind of like avoiding you. And I was oh, like, oh, I know. Shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? So then we're at his house uh, a couple Saturdays ago, and I'm like ready to smoke spliffs all day. And I get there, and I'm about to light up the first one, and he's like, um, is this uh, what's going? Kind of like just feeling you out, and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, I scared you that one time. Sean's his own man; he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Anyway, we played beautiful music all day. We we uh, we made fifteen new original hits, and uh, are you guys gonna share those? Uh, no. Okay. No. Uh, we got to get them in shape. You know, it's like four people getting together in a room. One of them is me, so like I'm the weak link by far. We got Mare, Shane, and Forrest. Forrest knows how to play drums now. He's, He's a legit really drummer. Shane. Mare can play any instrument, and she just sings the whole time, which makes the which makes these into songs, not just like a jam out. Right, they're songs. Yeah, it sounds so good. And uh, Shane, forget about it, my man. He is uh, just such a sweet guitar player. Only been playing for like three, four years. I mean, he kind of is the epitome of Dreamboat. Like, why? That's why I named it Dreamboat. <laughs> That's why I named it Dreamboat. I was like, Shane's going to be there. This isn't really Ghost Pipe. This is more Dreamboat. And it took on that vibe. It was good. <laughs> totally. It was really good. But I smoked uh, probably three spliffs and... Never again. Fuck. Damn. It got me. It got me. I woke up Sunday fucking feeling like dog shit. Packed up the car. We left We left Monday morning with my nose running like it's never been running before. I was just like... I was a disgusting mess. Do you think that's the spliffs or do you think that's like fall? It's partly fall. Um because I, cause I was having allergies before that, but I feel like the spliffs just compromised my lungs. And it just everything got thrown out of whack. And it was just a dumb fucking thing to do right before we got on the road. And, uh, I mean, I was f- fucking driving down to Florida literally with just tissue stuffed up my nose. Like, and that's why Joey called us and he's like, guys, I'm I'm sick. And we're like, the fuck you are? <laughs> yeah, Joey calls us on the way down and he's like, y'all, I'm fucked up right now. I think I got a cold. And we're like... You're not. Uh, you're <laughs> not fucked up. You don't have a cold. Stop it. No, I said you can have a cold, but then you're not doing this. Yeah, yeah. We, I was yeah, like, you don't have to do it. Sean and I'll do this. Which we we, we could have done it. We yeah, could have done it. Just, weird. It would have been weird. Just not as fun. Just not as like festive. Whatever. We're going to a fucking Halloween. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's not necessarily our scene, but it's not not our scene. So we would have made it work. But Joey rallied. Cass gave him a little talking to. No, I just, I felt him out. I was like, yo, if you're really sick. But he, he rallied. He talked to his dad and he's like, his dad was like, I hope Joey doesn't mind me saying this. So I was like, I think a lot of people have worked through colds. 28-year-old young men. He said 28-year-old healthy, otherwise healthy young men have worked through colds for thousands of years. Like running, like, and it wasn't like he was 
he had, was a little sick, but then when he got, by the time he got to us, it was fine. I, I see where he was coming from because it's like, yo, we're about to be sleeping outside for four, for five nights. Yeah. And we don't uh, have the best we're, record we're pr- of sleeping. We're probably not going to be able to sleep because we assume that it's going to be a goddamn party all night, which it is, which it, it is. It's hard to sleep in that situation, but, um, Halloween is a, it's a festival down in Florida that, and while we were making this movie, we were shooting Wooks like all summer at different like jam band things. We were seeing fish. and We're doing it very lo-fi. We have this camera we bought, what, seven, eight years ago or yeah. something now. And yeah. we're like, it's really the only way to do this. Like, of course you want to do a legit camera, but there's like, you need to charge batteries in a way that we don't have the capacity to. So we're like, all right, we got to do this like super. It was either this or cell phones, uh, you know, so yeah. it, 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 cinematography looks great. It's fucking awesome. Like, I'm so psyched that we chose this camera package. And just to do this with Joey and just a, just a less contra- a consequential uh, production than what I feel like we normally have. Normally, I'm doing these things like, we better fucking get it. We <laughs> yeah. better fucking get it. I'm spending thousands of dollars. I and mean, we did spend thousands of dollars to go pull this off. But we, we got did. it. Yeah, we got some good stuff. We got some fucking amazing stuff. So we showed up down there Wednesday. The festival started on Thursday. Um, we're pulling into the thing, and already tens of thousands. There's already probably 15,000 people there. So we're pulling into this thing like, what the fuck? Where are we going to camp? This is insane. But we found probably the last like tree-covered area that there was available, and we got it, and we set up a great camp. And uh, Joey arrived. It was all good. Then our boy Connor came down with his new friend Kennedy. She's really rad. So the whole crew assembled, and uh, yeah, we started it off. I will say, I can't like guarantee this. I think Halloween's like an awesome festival. Highly recommend. But part yeah. of the reason I would highly recommend it is because we got we were pretty much able to get full night's sleeps. Like the yeah. area we were in was very respectful. And I think it's cause we kind of were like, okay, where's the family camping? Let's camp near there. You know, where yeah. generators aren't allowed. I saw on the, um, there's a Reddit thread and people were like, I haven't slept. It's 5 AM and they're still blasting music. I'm losing my goddamn mind. I mean, you, you could hear it in the distance. Like, uh, there was crazy parties going on all night. And we, we experienced that this summer when we, we went to a festival called funk and flow out at Nelson ledges. Yeah. People come to rage. The people behind us set up a fucking professional sound system and just blasted Britney Spears and Brack street boys all night. And it was, it was pure torture. Not sleeping is the worst. I'm not myself. Even if I get any less, and fucking eight hours of sleep i'm just a shit piece yeah we're like oh this festival is awesome let's go again and then we think for i i will i would go again if the stars align and everything yeah. but it's you're so luck of the draw with it yeah you know there's yeah. really no guarantee if you end up near shitty neighbors or like people that are gonna fucking party to the wee hours but it was cool we were surrounded by people that all seem to prioritize like getting a night's sleep they all seem i thought i was going to feel like one of the oldest people there and it was not the case at all have you ever been to like groups or anything like well i've gone to like full moon circles or whatever and it's you oh and then you sit in a circle and then you get to know the people like right next to you and i feel like or you go around in a circle and it always seems that the people who have like a similar energy going on like gravitate to the same area yeah and it kind of feels like that's what happens yeah. sometimes at a festival. Because, like, the people next to us were, like, playing guitar, and Just Connor brought his guitar and mandolin. So it was like we had a little bit of a acoustic vibe near us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And, uh, like, we hit the ground running. Thursday was a little tough shooting-wise because people were, were still showing up, you know. There wasn't a lot of people to interview. The, the true wooks weren't really out in full fashion yet. So Thursday we chilled. We were excited to see Disco Biscuits that night. We lasted 20 minutes. We lasted 20 minutes. It's so intense. It's so fucking intense, this, this music. Uh, I love I, I I think the Disco Biscuits are a cool band, but, like, fucking, I don't know, seeing them with that amount of people. And it was, I loved the first 20 minutes. And then they, like, put on a, like, where they're, like, really playing the music. And then they, like, 20 minutes in, it's like, all right, they're just playing, like, a beat. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I get so mad when yeah, music yeah, yeah. feels like it gets repetitive repetitive yeah you know switch it up come on like switch it up or like if you're gonna be repetitive like do it with an instrument where you're it, there's something human about it when yeah. like it loses the, the humanness i i'm like i feel like i'm getting assaulted and i'm like i'm consciously deciding to stand in this crowd and i don't feel like i want to be here anymore and that's the beautiful thing you can just leave 
Yeah, you really can. She's like, all right, <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, you. we sat down and like, there was like an older lady that seemed to be there by herself that you bonded with. That mm-hmm. was cool. Wheezy. Yeah. They, this couple was sitting next to us before Disco Biscuits came on and we're, and they were like, we're on ecstasy. And we we're like, fuck yeah. And they see us spraying uh, Chilcogway in our mouth. I don't, I've left the bottle down there. But it's this crazy spray that you spray in your mouth and it just fucking... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a million packs of fucking Pop Rocks at once. Just It just lights up your mouth. And the couple next to us who was on ecstasy saw that me and Joey and you did it. And they were like, what is that stuff? And Joey showed them and they sprayed themselves and were just fucking... God damn, I can't even imagine. It's more intense on any sort of yeah, when you're enhancement. On yeah. <laughs> I've like literally had exorcisms, like spraying that in my mouth, like naively on acid. I'm like, holy shit, like the devil's in my throat and I got to like exercise him. Yeah. You know, that's really how it's felt. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Um, I think that uh, what I what I really liked about that festival was uh, even though it's like a corporate music event, it didn't feel like one. It doesn't it doesn't feel there's not like. It just didn't feel like well, brought to you by Bud Light. Like it just yeah. didn't feel like there was. Because it wasn't like that. It wasn't. There wasn't like, there wasn't a corporate vibe to it mm-hmm. at all. There wasn't even. I really deeply appreciated that. Like, because whatever it took to pull this off is a full time fucking job. This festival is over the top. The, there's so many stages. There's so many things to see and art exhibits and just things happening that the production that goes into this is just insane and you don't, you're not aware of it's it. seamless it's seamless like as someone who's kind of tried to organize things i'm like you don't see anyone walking around stressed <laughs> you don't see anyone on walkie-talkies like oh do you have 10-4 fucking get the thing over here what the fuck is it? like everything Nothing. was and the music seamless. i mean i'm sure a lot of people this have been to festivals yeah, so yeah. we're just like new we're noobs whatever yeah. but these are the things that impressed us yeah we're just like okay one band ends another band starts it's seamless everything's flowing yeah um, I really enjoyed myself. I'm not like super into electronic music, which kind of like makes that was a, a good part of it, a good part of it kind of assaulting to me, you yeah. know, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of choose your own adventure when it comes to this sort of stuff. Mm. The first couple nights, like shout out to Judy. She was like, you really got to see Eggy and 12 midnight came around. And I was like, I can't do it. I know these I bands we wanted to see. There was a band I wanted to see. They started at two thirty in the morning. Oh I was like, I'm God. already asleep. Like, get out of here. I can't do it. Two thirty in the morning. By the third night, I had like more energy by the evening, but I'm not. I guess I'm just took a second to get adjusted. We did the right thing. We saw the bands we wanted to. I mean, this is a festival that's thrown by uh, the band String Cheese Incident, which um, I don't think really either one of us had any experience with. I've seen a couple of their YouTube videos. They come up in my recommendations all the time because of the Grateful Dead connection. But uh, they played, how many sets did they play? Six or seven. They played six. I think they played two on Friday, three Saturday, and then one Sunday. Yeah. Incredible. They're they're the real deal. Very solid. Very solid. And fun and like good grooves and vibes and just yeah, everything about it was just enjoyable. And it's great because everyone there knows they're gonna play six sets. And one of them's gonna be like a and cover. And one set. of them is gonna be like a Halloween cover, all covers. That's the Saturday night, the third set on Saturday, Saturday night, and they came out and just did uh, fucking some of the best versions of songs i've ever heard it was just a party i've never seen a party like this every i think there was twenty five thousand people at this festival and every one of them lined up to uh i don't know my dad needs our attention today's his 70th birthday happy birthday jack yeah. um so what was i saying every song that oh, yeah, 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 yeah saturday night was just oh every person at this festival twenty five thousand people every person was watching their set on saturday night it was like a party like i've never experienced before yeah there's a, a stage party. on the other side of the field and then that that whole stage everyone's like it goes all the way back definitely it was uh pretty incredible and just like i was really taking it in because we had such a good spot we found a spot that like for some reason i think people thought was off limits and uh we just ended up watching all the sets from this one like picnic table that was like a little isolated that for some reason it was like behind the main side that made my whole time there the fact that we could go and enjoy the music without having to like battle and stand in the crowd that we could kind of be on this hill a little above it the sound was perfect and loud and 
I was just taking it in. Like, we're dancing with our friends at a show to beautiful live music, and it's been a while. And uh, how often do you have your dope friends there and everyone's dancing and there's room to dance and there's room to put your shit down and fucking get hydrated and get high and like the whole thing it was just perfect it was just like fucking an incredibly uh rejuvenating experience for sure lots of hot babes and dudes crazy i thought we were hot no (laughs) not at all (laughs) no not at all (laughs) <laughs> no, it's like, and I feel like maybe if we went another time, we'd be less, we'd be more chill about it. But we were all like, oh my God, look at her butt. Because it's like full ass. And it's like, this girl works out. And it's like, all of the girls are showing off their Every girl booties. there was showing off their ass. There was a lot of girls in thongs. You don't get to just walk around and see girls with perfect asses and thongs all the time. Not, in those kind of numbers, I can't think of another situation where that would be the case. It does add to the enjoyable factor it gives you life it's fucking incredible and it's so got, generous it's like you're gonna go around just being so sexy it's so great it's just and so invigorating and then you got the jason mimosas <sighs> walking around too oh my god right. there, there was this one dude walked by i'm um, straight up i was like he's the aquaman like he's hotter <laughs> than jason momoa like a jacked dreaded beautiful man like huge i'm six foot one and this guy towered over me yeah, he he's probably, three times my size he's probably six five and like Jacked. 300 pounds of muscle just fucking jacked looking great like piercing blue eyes and he walks by and i see caster's just like what the <laughs> fuck she's like that's a whole lot of man <laughs> well we i mean we can't help it we're just like we're we're body pervs mary's like i don't care about bodies and we do we're just like bodies are awesome yeah yeah i mean i don't know and um but yeah so every time a guy with the muscles would walk by i'd be to you guys i'd be to you and try to be like that guy trains <laughs> And and w- the, the the funny thing about you always pointing it out is like, oh, we already noticed that guy. We already talked about him. We, me and Joey were talking more about the guys than the girls. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the girls, it was just ubiquitous. They were everywhere. And every now and then you'd see a dude who is – because Joey and I had been training, you know? Oh, yeah. And we'd see dudes and I'm like, yo, you put our training to shame. You must be on steroids or something, bro. Like just – beautiful people just absolutely beautiful people and you know halloween in florida i mean it kind of is a scene it it reminds me of when you say that you like lived in new york and then you're 16 or whatever and you move to florida and all of a sudden you go from like girls who wear baggy pants and baggy hoodies flannels and hoodies all year and then all of a sudden you got like girls in mini skirts in florida i never knew that like girls had nice bodies till I moved down to Florida in 11th grade <laughs> I had never like, like I didn't I, I had no idea like the, the fashion up here and the weather up here just didn't allow for it I moved down to Florida and like insane insane what people would would dress up and wear to school and shit it was fucking crazy it's it's very triggering <laughs> <laughs> it does remind me of that it's a whole different scene down there but uh god damn how fucking so many wild moments and good times and just oh we didn't get attacked that was our first one that we didn't really we shot for four days and no one attacked us or no one said get this fucking camera out of here or anything like that everyone was there to show off and have a good time it's crazy it was like everybody was treating it like when we would show up with the camera and go up to somebody and start shooting them they treated it like uh oh yeah here's my moment totally and it's also interesting because we talked to a bunch of people not even on camera but just like meeting people and they're like this is by far my favorite festival yeah you know everyone and just like the people the vibe the campgrounds are so nice like there's so many trees Mm. so just like you're like in the wood forest the florida forest yeah you know in the first couple days you're adjusting and you're like oh i hope i can get through this and by the last day you're like i don't want to leave i'm ready i could do this more like i want to do this more i'm now i've prepared myself for this and here i am but <coughs> our Boognish pirate flag did get pirated though yeah so when we got there we we set up we we tied a rope across some trees and just laid out like all of our tapestries and flags and stuff like this to like make the vibe and get some privacy and when we went to pack up our Boognish our ween pirate flag i guess got stolen and actually i want to do this i want to say this <laughs> To whoever did that. <laughs> this is just a message to one person, whoever did that. You have no idea what you've unleashed <laughs> on your life karmically 
It ain't nothing I'm going to do. It's nothing Cass is going to do. It's something God is going to do. I hope they have a great time with it. Oh, I feel I feel bad for them. I feel bad. I feel like they, they took on a curse by doing that. They steal someone's fucking boognish? I, I feel like we were asking for it. You know, isn't like stealing private flags kind of what's up? I guess. I don't know. I didn't take too kindly to it. I understand and things happen, but it kind of bummed me out because I'm like, it doesn't seem like something a ween fan would do. It seems like something a jackass would do. Oh, but was what was cool, because we met a lot of Ween fans. Yeah, we met so many Ween fans. And you could tell because they had a, either a Boognish or they had like a big poster that had a Boognish on yeah. it or whatever. So a lot of people, we were handing out these stickers we had made that our friend Seabass designed. That's I don't know if you can see it, but it's a bear body, like Grateful Dead bear, with a Boognish head with Juggalo makeup on. Yep. The Holy Trinity. It's really fucking cool. And yeah. we have a bunch extra. And I'm sending, I gave them out for free at a Halloween and I'm sending them to anyone who wants one. Yeah, so if anyone wants one, just send your address to, yeah. to Cass and she'll, she'll ship them out. We, we have a limited amount of those, but I think that they, they bring um, good luck and good times. Definitely. The, the Boognish is a symbol that offers, uh, at least for me and us, it's, it's, it's always, it's good luck and good fortune, you know. It's it's you know we've we've called down that symbol as like one of our angels as like a beacon of light. Wait, what is the boognish though? It's like wealth, power, money, or something. It's it's wealth and power. Wealth and Those power. Are, yeah, yeah. It brings you wealth and power, <laughs> but many other things too. So and with that comes a cost. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we had to pay the price. So yeah, I can't believe someone did that. These motherfuckers. I'm not even sweating it. <laughs> I do want to buy another one though, and that's where it feels stupid. Mm. Um, God damn, so many things happen. It's hard to even recap. You know, it's all such a fucking blur. We should have been recording while we were down there, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit each day. But uh, I think there was a lot more good music than we were able to fully absorb and comprehend yeah. and get witness. Yeah. But we did stumble upon Danielle Ponder, who was awesome. And she's actually playing in New York like Saturday night. So we might see her again. Yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful soul singer we caught from the rochester last, new york the cost caught the last three songs of her set and it was incredible yeah we were just walking around like this the spirit lake venue which is like this enchanted lake and they just have some stages there and we were like what's this and we just went over and the music was just so compelling and we checked it out and she was wrapping up her set and there was one more song left and she goes let's do one everyone knows and and it actually before she, before she started playing, I was like, "What would be a song everyone here knows?" And she did the most incredibly bone chilling version of "Creep" by Radiohead I've ever heard, and I was like, "Wow, that is one song that you could play to this generation that everyone knows." And then Joey said he hadn't ever heard that song until we played it for him at Space Camp. Well, he's a younger generation. Well, so is everyone there, but I, I thought that was... A, that There's was a good age diversity. I thought there were, like, there were a lot of older people, a lot oh, of younger yeah. people. Like, it was... Yeah. I don't think you felt like, oh, I'm too old, or I didn't feel like that. No, no. When I felt old is when I, I could feel that the party was ramping up at, like, one in the morning, and I'm like, I'm ready to go back to my tent right now, throw in the earplugs and pass out. Yeah. Which we did. <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw another band, same thing, stumbled, stumbled along. They made this, like... They built like this incredible chapel, like enchanted, like wood chapel. House of Lost. It's, it's they called do. House of Lost. Look, Google that. Insane venue. That's literally a church. There's church pews and then an altar. And the band filled in on the altar. And um, what was the name of that band? Zeta. Zeta. Z-E-T-A from Venezuela. And I think they've been doing their thing for like 30 years. And... Um, I don't know who this guy is. This is Ephraim. Oh, I'll okay. go see if your dad's home. Cool. Stand by for one moment. So, yeah, uh, late night we stumbled across this band, Zeta, playing at the House of Lost. Um, just fucking craziest. Like, it just felt like a heavy Krishna ceremony. Like, it just felt, felt like, like it was made for us. Yeah, it felt like... Church of Chill vibes, like, taken to the max. I was like, this is Church of Chill. I'm like, I'm so glad that this already exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like we try to, like, fill in a gap, and it's like, sometimes you're like, oh, the gap already exists. Yeah. We just weren't privy to it, but you yeah. still want to expand the vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bought me, you bought me their vinyl and uh, sweatshirt, which I'll be debuting when it's a little cooler out. 
Uh, but yeah, anytime, anytime we can discover a new band, and especially when you discover them, seeing them live, like that's the pinnacle for me. Like that's that's what life's all about. I I feel like I got away with murder. You know what I mean? Like I found a new fucking thing that we can listen to, and that it just clicks with us in so many ways. And it was a band that like the House of Lost wasn't even part of like the main schedule, so they had like I don't know twelve bands that played at this like church venue that wasn't even like advertised. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, it was really cool. We were, um, I probably laughed more that night than I've ever laughed in my life. Like, I don't know, something about, like, I, you know what I did the whole time? And I think this is worth mentioning. Because people go hard. And, like, when we were on our way down there, we were like, we'll probably take acid Saturday or Sunday. Maybe we'll take Molly Saturday. You know, we kind of planned out a little loose drug schedule, but then, like, me feeling under the weather going down there and Joey feeling under the weather, I was just, like, not feeling the big dose thing. And the amount of walking you're doing, we were walking 10 miles a day. So um, I just took fucking three or four, five mushroom microdoses every day. Fucking served me so right. It, it, it It's almost like that helped pause this sickness and the second the festival was over it just came flooding back the mushrooms were just like holding it at bay and i don't know it was good it wasn't like i was tripping balls or anything but i uh was definitely in the realm kratom helped me oh yeah i kind of like knew for like months like because i've been off kratom for since june since june yeah um and then i was like all right i'll do it this weekend because it's so helpful but I don't for the second wind. That, for the second uh, yeah, wind, yeah. yeah. And I thought like, oh, well, maybe I'll have a harder time coming off of it, but it was fine. It doesn't make me want to do Kratom all the time again, no. but it's like, I oh. haven't felt tempted to do it again. We just did it for those three days, and it really helped. Yeah, it felt like, okay, this is a tool in our tool belt, and when not abused, yeah. it's great. It's great. Um, I don't know if I've ever really abused Kratom, but I've over-relied on it. Where you wake up in the morning and you're, like, still getting the fucking dust out of your eyes and you pop a Kratom, you know. It's not necessary. It's it's like coffee. Like, you don't usually call people who drink coffee, like, abusers of coffee. But it's, like, if you (laughs) have to drink coffee every every day in order to not have a headache, like, isn't that, like, kind of, like, where we were at? Not, like, where it would give us a headache, but kind of felt like, oh, you feel a little groggy unless you, like, use this thing. Yeah. Um, It helped us, though. And, And I'm glad we did it. And I'm really grateful now, being on the other side of this, that we still have our Molly cherry, you know, because that's an important thing for us. We only do Molly it now three times a year. It should be with Mare. I, I don't know. Like, we're with Mare. We should be doing, like, you know what I mean? I think it would be weird if we were, like, down there at a festival. Like, I don't think she would have cared, but I would have I would have been like, damn, I can't do this for, like, another three months now. So I don't remember the last time we did it. But we're probably coming up on about that time again. Yeah, because we did two, two CB trips. That's why. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm glad that we didn't have to deal with any kind of Molly or acid hangover or feeling tired or like we went too hard the night before. We pretty much hit the ground running every morning. Take no. a fucking wake up, hit a porta potty, take a cold ass <laughs> shower, and go around start filming Wooks. It was awesome. It, yeah. Yeah, it was really incredible. It really does, like, because a lot of people go there with, like, 20 people, 30 people, like, in their crew, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, And it, maybe not Halloween, maybe, like, like we were saying, like, at Nelson Ledges, but it'd be really awesome to, like, consciously be like, yo, this is the weekend that we should go to Nelson Ledges, like, and really encourage our friends to come out or yeah. anyone who we haven't met yet or whatever who's, like, looking for a good time. I think To that's... be like, let's go all out this weekend. Yeah. Kind of like, you know consciously but impromptively you know just it'd be fun for sure i think that's that's the future of space camp for us Mm -hmm. is is like um somewhat impromptu get together weekends but you know we could be a little bit more official about it so more people could gather together we did want to impromptu on like two days notice and 13 people showed up yeah i think well we don't well we're not in a position to invest a lot like we invested a lot in the last one and then you know it starts I don't want it to cost people a lot of money to hang out and do drugs. So that's no. why there's these venues that like are established. Yeah. And you can take advantage of that where it's like, oh, $30 a night or whatever, you know. What's $30? Oh, oh, like Nelson Ledges. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was uh it 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 was it was super inspiring. Um 
and and you know the fact that like, like I know people say like oh this is a very expensive thing what was it like three fifty four hundred? Do you want me to tell you? Is it more than that? Yeah. How much? Well, for four nights it was four seventy one a person. Okay, with with fees and taxes and everything. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't think that's that crazy. Yeah, for I mean, for what you considering get. considering what this is, like what you know, what you get for that, like I could see putting that much money into it for sure. It's not like well, that's what we want to charge if we did something like this at all, because we're not putting hundreds of bands on and like maintaining a venue and everything. So, you know, I I think that uh, part of our art is community building, and I think part of what I always say about art is art should be free. You know, so. When you're building a community, that shouldn't be something that is has the barrier of uh, some expense married to it. You know, that's like kind of speaks to our last podcast. Like that just feels like us commodifying something that uh, we feel very compelled to do. So I, I, I started a new band while we were there, too. So right now we have Oh, yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> about this one. This one I'm really excited about. Right, and th- this came from a dream. This literally came out of a dream. So we have Ghost Pipe is, is our band. Like, that's the community band. Like, if you're hearing this, you're in Ghost Pipe. If you have an instrument, even if you don't know how to play it, come. you're, you're in Ghost Pipe, you know. Daniel's the drummer, and we, everyone just kind of rallies around, and, and Maris sings, and anyone can do anything in Ghost Pipe. And then, then we have Dream Boat, which I just described what that is. And then there's a new one. And I woke up with this just fully formed thing in my head. To uh, Like, it, it was a dream. To the point where I was surprised I could recollect and tell you and Joey. But I woke up on uh, the last day there and I was like, Joey, we're starting uh, like a parody dubstep duo called Bleeding Rainbow. Where we're just, where we're kind of like bringing like uh, the the shadow realm to that thing. You know what I mean? Where we're kind of bringing in like a punk rock, dangerous darker vibe to the to the whole thing where we're antagonizing the crowd where we're making fun of the crowd where that you know like but it's still a good vibe and like people are getting down and everything but it's we'll give uh, an example well i don't know if anyone knows the band fear but if you've never heard the band fear they're incredible um punk band from the late 70s early 80s and they were in a they were featured in a movie called the decline of western civilization part one and it's the best scene in any movie ever like they're 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 on stage in 1980, just spitting on and screaming at the crowd, and everybody's fucking trying to fight them, and they could barely get through one song, and it's just like yeah. But give the example of like what you would say, like like with the bass dropping and stuff. Oh, like yeah, like that's the whole thing. You know, whatever they're. they're I don't know. I have to I have to work on that stuff more. But like yeah, we're instead of like let the bass drop. It's like. You're all posers, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I need someone like Noah to actually do the music, yeah. but I could come up with the names and concepts of all the songs and the drops and everything. I just don't know how to make fucking EDM music, but Noah does. And I think it should be catchy and good and the type of thing that's like so undeniable, even though you hate the performers. And you hate EDM. No, I think that like the crowd should despise this band. It should be it should be the definition of a guilty pleasure in this scene. Mm-hmm. You should you, you should feel embarrassed to tell other people that like you're way into Bleeding Rainbow. Yeah. But I think um, it's like the, the shadow realm of, of that kind of music because I, I think um, now we've seen enough of that kind of music that I was like, that, that I don't know, I've just come to the conclusion it all sounds the same. It really it, does. it all is just trying to achieve the exact same vibe and the exact same moment and that like, eh, you know, it's just like so formulaic. So it's like, let's take that formula and put two fucking comedic goofballs up there who don't give a fuck about this kind of music and just want to call the crowd posers and antagonize them and uh, and see where it goes. I bet you this could become... If I had the wherewithal to go through with something like this, it would probably become the thing we'd become most known for, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> it's like my my despise, my I despise EDM and it becomes my life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there, was a, there was another comparison you had. You were like, oh, it's Fear Meets, and there was another band. And I was like, you nailed it, but I can't remember. But Bleeding Rainbow, coming soon to a festival near you. And I even pictured... I think it would be I think that the way to to get this band um in in people's consciousness is like for ex- for example say next year 
Everyone on Reddit's so excited. The Huluween fucking lineup is about to drop. Like everyone's psyched. They dropped the lineup. You know those posters with like the, the all the groups' names. We just photoshopped Bleeding Rainbow in there. You know, mm-hmm. in like one of the mid-tier things, and everybody's like, "What the fuck is this band?" And they're googling it, and it goes to a SoundCloud that has some of our stuff, and that's how it starts by by you pretending you... you got booked on festivals <laughs> yeah. and you didn't get booked on. You think you like hearing the bass drop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think you've heard a bass drop? You think you've heard a bass drop? You fucking don't know shit, y'all. <laughs> y'all <laughs> this, are whack. This is the one that's gonna take you to the limit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and and all this is to say, like, uh, we're joking around, and yeah. I have no judgment on people that listen to that kind of music. I think it's very much reflective of a, of a generation um, that I'm not part of and kind of how the oh. world feels to oh, I've them. never taken the time to, like, try to like it, so I don't even, like, I just know that when I whenever I hear it, it's like when I'm trying to go to sleep, and so it's like... That's why uh, yeah, yeah, I'm that, just like that, so cranky. That, that we're annoyed. We're annoyed by it because usually people spark that up at the end of the night and like, let's get the party going. And it's like, fuck, god damn. Man. But I want to like shout out to Sunseed, uh, who we met out there. And, yeah. Uh, they rage. They rage. They, they rage. rage. They dragged a tiny house out there. It was incredible. Yeah. Fucking talk about a great setup. I could be there forever if we had a tiny house there. Oh, my with God. With walls and a proper bed and a sink. That and were, a shower. A shower and a bathroom. shower hookup. Oh, my God. Yeah. But they also had a massive DJ setup and were having parties the whole time. And it's like, fuck, yeah, that's, that's fucking rad. <laughs> yeah. But there doesn't... I just think what this scene lacks is... Someone to take the air out of the whole thing. Someone to come along and be like, all right, you twisted jokers. Like, let's not take ourselves so seriously now. Let's get a sense of humor about this. But thing. isn't isn't that kind of what it is? Aren't, aren't they already not super serious if they're like... Yeah, probably not. Probably not. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, truly, truly, I don't judge people that listen to that stuff. I don't understand it, but... Like I was just saying, like I think I do in a way, you know. Imagine being ten years younger than we you even are had now. this at Space Camp. We I had love, the, we had this issue. I love at Space it, Camp. Greg and Michelle, but they're very into like bass, bass music, or yeah, bass music, and yeah. I was like, Greg, you gotta cut it out. You're like, like you're fucking killing me. You're dude. killing me, man. I can't you're do it. Fucking <laughs> killing me. But I. But here's the thing. I get it. I get it. Uh, it's like stimulation I think it's, overload. Yeah, you can't I really th- think when you're stimulated overload. Yes, exactly. And I think it comes from a generation of people that were put on fucking Adderall in second grade, and the world started moving a lot faster than any of us can keep up with. And this is just music that is like the soundtrack to the the gear that most people are in, most young people are in. Well, and, I think it's know. also like when you go to these festivals young and you're on drugs and you just are like a cell in this like giant organism like the crowd is an organism and you're all hearing like the beat dropping is so intense for everyone that everyone's simultaneously going through um an experience uh yeah i mean i i went through it with um with hardcore music i was like loved hardcore music and it's the same thing every like there's a breakdown it's very formulaic there's like the the bass drop in EDM music is the breakdown of hardcore music. So like I un- I understand and I know what you're talking about. You have you live those moments. You're part of that. You're in that organism. Yeah. What could be better than that? It gets imbued on you, and yeah, you want to take it into your life for sure. For sure, I get it. But it's just a matter of time before we're total fucking heads for it. I don't know how that would happen. <laughs> at this point, at this point, well, I've like the I've way gone I describe it is I like. 90% of bluegrass music and I only like 10% of EDM. Yeah. So it's just like there's just kind of that problem. Yeah. And and I think the deal with that is like EDM is like a much more accessible genre. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to even know how to know chords or anything to play it. So I'm not saying people don't, but I'm saying a lot of people play it who maybe are just getting into it. Yeah. Or it's that thing that I'm talking about where it's like just repetitive. Yeah. But when you were getting into bluegrass, it's like, man, you're fiddling around. You're taking people. I, I just love anything that, like, is, like, a shred. I'm such a sucker for. Oh, so yeah. bluegrass is, like, totally my jam. It's all, it's all it is. It's just it's shredders. All, yeah. On different string instruments, which I love string instruments. But then there's there's also the difference, too, in, like, you know, we're becoming more individuated. And um, EDM is something that you could just be one dude 
and do your thing. On bluegrass, you need four other band members at least. Mm-hmm. And they got to be really And good. they got to be fucking incredible. And also, where are you going to find a stand-up bassist and a fucking banjo player mm-hmm. and a fiddle player? Like, you know what I mean? It's, but we saw Molly Tuttle. Amazing. 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 Incredible performer. Look her up. Holy shit. She played on the main stage one of the days, and um, I think maybe a lot of the crowd didn't know who she was, but she definitely won them over. Um, yeah, that was, it was, uh, quite the time. <laughs> and you, uh, during her set, they were, they came out dressed as Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. and they were getting towards the end of the set and you came over and you're like, I was hoping they were going to play white rabbit by Jefferson airplane. And I was like, yeah, I said, there's still time. Next song. Boom, doom, well, and then when I looked them up, that's boom, one boom, of like their boom. songs. No way. Yeah. They so. play that often. Yeah, it was like yeah, they, it was like something they had released. One so. of I I need a recording of of that, that because uh, they because they th- that song in reality is like two minutes and thirteen seconds. It's a quick one. Should be a long jammer, which Jefferson Airplane used to really fucking jam on things. But they Molly Tuttle made it into like a ten minute epic, and it was just fucking awesome. Nothing like it for me. I don't know. I like when something when it's clicking, when live music is working and they've won the crowd over and they're just doing their craft up there on the highest level, like I don't know, I get off on that shit. I love it. I don't know why it's taken us I guess everything in our life we have to make a movie in order to like go through the portal, but mm. I mean festivals were made for people like us who just like love music and love yeah. discovering new music and wanna just go see a bunch of bands and then wanna just like go back to the campsite and chill and it's like kind yeah. of the perfect balance of like, all right, we're gonna go chill for like two hours and then we're gonna go listen to this band and It was it was a perfect uh expression of like okay, here's our extroverted side, we're ready, and we go out and we're extroverted and we're asking people to be on camera and they're doing stuff and we're interviewing people and then our introverted side takes over and we know how to drop into that pretty quickly. That's what we're mainly favor in our day-to-day. So, you know, then we'd go back and recharge. And I think that's the thing, you know, with me, you, and Joey, and I hope I hope me, you, and Joey can always make movies together and um, just keep getting better and better at it and, you know, there's lots of people we'll make movies with, but I think Joey's going to be one that we're always making movies with. And Our lo-fi movies, for sure. Yeah, but but we'll keep getting better and better at doing them, and it, uh, it's good. It feels like I'm practicing a little bit of a different craft right now, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of patience, and um, I'm learning. And that that was one of the things Bruce Springsteen said in that Howard interview that like we ha- it, both of our jaws dropped at the same time, and we kind of had to pause it and just talk about it for a second. He said... I'll do a ter- terrible job paraphrasing, but basically his his music is like a divination rod for his spirituality, meaning his songs are a reflection of a spiritual growth that that he's not quite yer- yet there, but the songs reflect um, uh, a higher part of his soul that he then evolves to. And we had to like stop it because it was like, that's, uh, we've never really said those words about our movies, but we've danced around that, like where it's like, they are, the movies are a divination rod. We go out there and we make them and we're not sure what they are going to be or how we're going to feel about the subjects or whatever the case may be. And inevitably every time we come out on the other side thinking we are those people. Well, I think, yeah, I think Howard was asking Bruce, like, you know, after you started doing therapy and became more aware, like, do you feel like your songs became more aware? And he was like, no, because my songs were always like, there's like a purity to them. And I, and I, I think that was like very feels reflective of like, oh, there's the movies before we started doing mushrooms and we started becoming like very more aware, uh, beings. But you look back and you look at American Juggle and you're like, yo, all the messages that we knew now, we knew then just like on a more subconscious level and it was more a reflection of the art and, and the people that we were attracted to and all that stuff. So. Yeah, that that one probably more than anything we've made is a, the divination rod of our catalog, you know? Yeah, because we, I mean, we were connecting with people who had done the drugs, but we were attracted to them for a reason, you yeah. know? Yeah, we were also scared of them. Very scared until we were there for a few days. Yeah, yeah and you're just like, oh, there's no reason to be for scared. For a day, yeah. you know? There's yeah. no reason to be really scared. You know, like you, you can, most people can be reasoned with and talked to and. Well, we're only really scared of teenage boys. Yeah. Yeah. They're fucking, they got nothing. They think they have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're in a very spiritual place if we're trying to ever make a movie about teenage boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
we know people that exclusively make movies about teenage boys. You know, I'm, I'm just too I'm just too scared. Well, there's certain types of teenage boys no, that are scarier than other teenage boys. No, I know. No, it's it, to me, it's not even it's not even individual teenage boys. It's a group of teenage boys. If you you know you're just out there with your girl or by yourself, and you come across a group of teenage boys, it's just like having been one myself. It's like just avoid it. Nothing good's gonna come of that interaction. They're yeah. just in a they're in a place in their life where they feel invincible and they have fucking hormones flowing through their veins right it's not nothing to lose it's this feeling of invincibility yeah and not only that but just like doing like when you're when you're in a group of teenage boys it's like how do we take this up a notch and that you're in competition with each other it's just uh, maybe drinking for the first time yeah 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 uh, i'm gonna uh, fight the next fucker <laughs> <I see. laughs> any problem we've had on one of our movies involves some pack of teenage boys like anytime we've gotten really spooked Remember when we were making Oxiana? Yeah. That was the scariest one yet. Like, they chased us. We were like at somebody, this campfire. Somebody, somebody tipped us off. They were like, there's going to be a great bonfire in the woods tonight. You should come out. Like a, a good amount of people are going to be there. It would be a great place to film and like get some more people. So we follow this dude. It's pitch black. We follow him down like a three-mile, one-lane dirt road out into the middle of the woods, which just like on our way out there, you're, you're already getting a feeling like, all right, we can't easily get out of here. <laughs> so let's fucking behave ourselves. And we land. And for some reason, like the, the, with Oxiana, we had 11 people on our crew, which we would never do that again. But like everyone just hops out of the car. Like like the people there know we're making a movie. So two cameras are out and someone's going around fucking trying to hand out r- uh, releases to people. And one of them just was like, what the fuck is this? And then they all turned on us. And it, like, we could have done a better job, like settling before we started getting into business. Our fault. But they turned on us and started like screaming shit, coming towards us, throwing stuff. And like, we ran to the car, got in the car and we had a security guard. Fucking, he took out his gun. <laughs> he's like, he's like, got his gun ready. We get in the car and like trying to get out of there. These guys are these guys are fucking throwing stuff at us and running towards the car and we're trying to get out of there and we have to make like a fifteen point K turn like Austin Power style to get out of there for two vans. <coughs> oh my god. It was pure insanity and uh Ever since then we've been scared of teenage boys. Well, just also ever since then it's like, um settle. Let's let's settle before we we start we start filming, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and maybe that that's it's not always the case. It's not. It doesn't always work. Like I was telling you the other day, like Michael Moore, the director, doesn't deal with subjects without the camera running. Like he's he got the camera rolling from when they walk in and meet people, because his idea is, um, don't get them used to oh there's the camera off and the camera on and oh I can relax now and this and that. Like just get them used to the camera rolling and just whatever comes of it and just basically it would involve shooting a lot more than we do. Um, I think I'm pretty good at pulling those moments out when the camera's rolling and not having to have the camera rolling for fucking 16 hours a day. But there's some different schools of thoughts on it. Each project calls for something different. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) What else do you remember? You got these moon mats. Oh, yeah. And what we're sitting on right now, we got some moon mats. I don't know if anyone gives a fuck about that, but they're these giant things you lo- that you see people lugging around, and you're like, you know what? We should lug something giant around. Yeah, it's just a soft thing to sit on. It's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> My throat is fucking killing me, man. Well, do you want to wrap this up? Um, let me see. Just a little, mom. Uh, we could talk a little more. We could talk a little more. Come on, Cass. All right. What else you got? Fucking stiff neck. It's my karma for talking about back pain being emotional and then i just fucking deal with it yeah i'm sure it's partly emotional but it's also partly like anytime like this whole weekend i didn't have it and then i get home i'm looking at my phone and anytime i'm like in this position looking down it fucking starts to kill me Mm. and i gotta be i gotta really not look at my phone gotta grow up So, I don't know, that's what's on my mind, but let me see, what else? I don't know, I'm just having a good time. Life is good. I've, like, really enjoyed being out of the city for the first time in, like, 11 years. Yeah. And being able to, like, well, 
I guess, 12 years. First time in 18 years for me. Yeah, because we would drive up and be like, we'd catch like one or two fall, nice fall days, you know, visiting our family up here, families. Um, but now we like, we're really feeling every moment of it. And it just feels really special. Yeah. So if you live in nature, don't take it for granted because it's freaking awesome. Yeah, because us city folk certainly don't. Like every day I'm just in awe. I wake up and I go outside and I'm like, damn, we live here. This is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I, I've always, I liked, I, I liked the idea that my family was moving down to Florida when we did when I was in high school, because I was like, oh, I love Florida, good weather, it's going to be awesome. This You're going to have a pool. It, yeah, and it, and it was, it was awesome. But it did something to, like, my mental health and my rhythm, like, just the weather never changing. Uh, I, I don't know, having grown up here, having being born here and growing up here, and also being from, I'm um, like the third or fourth generation to be like Brooklyn, New York, you know, born, raised, like I'm, I'm like the third or fourth generation of people in New York. So it just felt out of place to be down in Florida in a place where the, like the weather never changes. Like, this is good for me. This is good to, for me to like, okay, well, we the really leaves are party changing, in now the, the leaves are falling. We really go all out in the summer. And part of that is because we really hibernate in the winter. Yeah. So there's like this cyclical nature to our life that, works for us mm. and works for me i don't know i that i feel like that la depression can really get to you where it's like every day is sunny and you're like why am i not happy but at the same time some people live like somewhere where it's sunny all the time and it really helps them because a lot of people in new york get really depressed over the winter like it's really a thing if you don't know how to like enjoy dark nights with good music well and, and also and, and just make the the necessary adjustments Mm-hmm. you know start waking up early start waking up a little bit early make, make sure you do training go for like lo- like training walks long long walks when the sun's at its peak which is like becomes like or 2 p.m and yeah. then it's like dark by four yeah but yeah i don't know i th- i feel i feel like we're everything's kind of in its right place even though i could see it as wrong from every direction you know, yeah. it's kind of like a perception thing. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's always all about like bringing it back to the moment, and it's it's funny because like we're surrounded by leaves and everything right now, and I think it's so beautiful. This shit stresses my dad out so much, you know. Like every day, I'm, I'm outside, like wow, it's so beautiful, and he'll come up behind me, like, you believe how many leaves are falling? And I'm like, well, yeah, they're all gonna fall. It's it's autumn, like they're they're dying. They're not getting enough sun right now. They're they're gonna die and fall off, and then we'll clean them up, and then it'll be winter. And if it snows, we'll shovel it. He's already in in the winter. It's seventy degrees today, and he's turning on a goddamn wood burning stove inside. The house is a hundred fucking degrees in there, and it's like this anxious, not fully being in this moment. And oh god, I'm gonna have to fucking rake leaves. And it's like yeah why is that an anxiety like why can't we just settle into this moment and realize like all the leaves are gonna fall we'll deal with it when they fall the best thing for the lawns is actually to just like let it go maybe like um use the lawnmower get them all chopped up so they'd biodegrade but no one does that but yeah it'd be interesting if we started doing what like was kind of right for the land but one day yeah, but, uh, you know, it's the suburbs, so, like, if one person does something, everybody does it. Like, that's yeah, you don't want to be the house that looks like they don't care or doesn't take care of your shit. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that, that's a lot of what being in the suburbs, I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast about urban living versus suburban living and, you know, the mental health effects of it and the positive and negatives of both, but there is, like... Uh, pull towards homogeny up here, I feel. Mm. You know, and if you're doing anything weird or different, you're going to be so noticed and become such an outcast. Whereas in the city, you, it's it's the opposite. Everybody's a freak, you know, and if, even if they're not, they're not judging the freaks. It's just, you're just much more noticeable up here. And anything you do is much more noticeable up here. And whether you know it or not, people got their eye on you and know what you're up to and have their little opinions about it or whatever. And, Instagram has made it fucking so much worse, so much worse. I I really feel bad for uh, the moms today, you know, and the, and the, the the keeping up with the Joneses thing, uh, and you see, you 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 just see the homogeny in real time, 
you know, with the, with the, the live, laugh, love and the script lettering and the wedding photography for every goddamn event of anyone's life. Like, like when did all that start? It started with Instagram. Needing a different t-shirt for everything. Oh yeah. Oh, look, my child's three months old. Now he's four months old and we bought this piece of shit to commemorate it. And then we do this and now we're doing a gender reveal for our next, but like, when did all this fucking nonsense start? It started with social media, you know? some fucking nerds started doing a gender reveal and then everyone thinks they need to do it and then if you don't do it are you are you doing the right thing and it's just like yeah all that stuff i can feel it when i'm up here you know i can feel it i feel that people looking at us like what you don't have kids you're not planning on having kids what do you what exactly are you doing you know what are we doing i think we're doing the same thing bruce is doing <laughs> and i think we're trying to figure out who we are and what our place is in this whole thing by making art about it and making expressions that kind of get us a little closer to God, I think. that's the, I mean, that's the way I look at it. And, and it feels, to me, it feels much more important than like uh, having a child right now. I don't know. It, it feels like we were blessed with um, gifts and some focus and some resources to do things that could really help people feel at home here. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want our films to feel like. I want our films to feel like, you know, the feeling when you're like uh, peeking on mushrooms and it's just like, whoa, I'm part of this. Yeah. There's no other. There's no different. I am that. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like... Um, it might be uh, on the nose because we're doing it through documentary, but I, I just feel like I wish there were more expressions like that, you know? Uh, and I, I want to keep doing it. And I want, I want to make a lot of films in, in our life and I don't know what they're going to be yet. And I think that's, what's so cool. That's pretty fun. I don't know what they're going to be yet. Like that's the type of thing that would stress my dad the fuck out because he's so not here. He's like, he's, he just casts a wide net into the future and pulls back any anxieties he thinks he can fucking get. And well, right now it's, really... it's shoveling and blowing leaves around. But yeah. if, and, and the reason, and I tell him this all the time, I say, dad, if you're going to be that anxious about that kind of stuff, you're bringing me with you. And my level of anxiety, like the stuff that I'm going to have to face, he's 70 years old. He's at that finish line. You know, he doesn't have to worry about money. He doesn't have to think about these things. I'm like, you're worried about the leaves. You're casting your anxiety net into the future and pulling back leaves. I'm pulling back. I'm fucking broke, dude. I don't know where money's ever going to come from again. Fucking, we can't even keep Patreons. Like, we are fucking good at this. And like, I I don't know what to do. It's very anxiety inducing. But at the same time, it's very freeing. Like, I don't know what's going to inspire me. I don't know how I'm going to evolve. I don't know if I'm going to go through a period of extreme bitterness and not want to make films and not feel connected. But what I want to tell myself as an artist is keep making things through that. Keep making stuff and just keep putting it out and keep putting those expressions out there and keep them pure. And if we're going through a dark night of the soul, make a movie that's a dark night of the soul movie. And we've done that. And we will probably do that again. But um, right now it feels like it's time to bring people together and celebrate. And like it feels like our next slate of projects is really focused on that. And I feel like American Sunset kind of started that off. Then we have Wooks. We have one called Wild Magic coming out. We have The Family Trip. And those all feel like celebratory bringing people together, you know. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. I, I've said this before. It's like when you feel rich in ideas, it's like what could get you down? I would you say know? the same thing about uh, friends. Yeah, totally. You know, when you feel like you have a lot of friends, a lot of people you could talk to and run things by, it's it's harder to get into that place of uh, depression and isolation and despair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're accountable to a community, when you're accountable to a family, when you're accountable to a lover or a group of friends or or whatever it may be, a band. Those these are good things for people's lives. This is stuff we've started to lose track of because it, us individuated is a lot more profitable. Yeah, and we forget that it's an investment. Like reaching out to your friends is an investment, but it's like probably one of the most important investments you can do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're good about it. I'm not as good about that. I think men, it's for just generally more difficult for men to stay connected. I, I just get in my head that no one really wants to hear from me out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even my, my closest friends, I'm like, yeah, I'll leave them alone. Anyone that has kids, I'm like, okay, you call me. 
reach out. Like, I don't know what, what that entails. I don't know when the last time you slept or ate or fucking came was. Like, I don't, I don't, I probably not anytime soon. I don't know. You call me up when you're feeling good <laughs> or when you're feeling bad, whatever. But I feel really bad interrupting people's lives that have kids, you know, like, Hey, just shooting you a call, seeing how you're doing. Like, I, I, that's just me being self-conscious, but it's really good it's a good thing and I, I see you do it and I want to learn from that like you reach out to people and you call people and you text people and I want to be a little better about that I usually am it's usually pretty reciprocal like I'm usually returning a phone call or something yeah, like that like yeah. I'm like lucky to have friends who are maybe more better about staying engaged than I am you know mm -hmm. but yeah no I can see I'm well I get so like lost in a day that it's hard for me to like think bigger than that you know right like, I had to get just, like, so in the thread of, like, okay, next meal, next thing, you know. I don't, I don't really think much bigger than that. So that's why I've been loving, like, I didn't do it last weekend, but I think we've been pretty solid. Rachel, Ari, Victoria, about us, like, meeting up on our group uh, on Sundays. So yeah. So that's been awesome. Yeah. Highly recommend anyone who wants to just, like, hang out and doodle for, like, an hour to join us. Yeah, so. join our Patreon and uh, get down with, like, like Kaz has a book club. Um, she has an art club where they sit together it's every Sunday. It's not really Sunday. my book club or my art club. It's more of a collective thing. And right yep, now I'm telling people how to get to it. I don't care whose it is. I'm telling people how to get to it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. And you join the Discord from there. And there's tons of other like-minded motherfuckers out there. And you sit, uh, you guys get together. Once a week and make art together. Mm -hmm. It's cool because you're not just, you're not talking about art. It's not like that kind of thing. You're making it. You're yeah, doing we, stuff together. We talk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And there's a book club and there's a, there's going to be a movie club. And, uh, yeah, we've been talking a lot of shit about this movie club. We have to actually do it. Well, though. now we're getting into the months where I'm like, okay, fucking it's dark at four o'clock. Let's, let's we watch movies. We need this movie, movie club. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It'll help us. Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash church of chill. Sorry, we're a little under the weather. We're recovering from a wild couple weeks and we'll be more consistent with our output now that we're settled a little bit. Right. Lots more adventures to come. Won't stop. Don't stop. Won't stop. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Y'all peace, love and magic.